Hello, this is Amy Lamb, and today we'll be mapping drug-nutrient interactions on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, our recommendations, and our outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Amy Lamb. Amy is a community pharmacist practicing in Saskatchewan, Canada, out of Willow Grove Pharmacy, Prince Albert. Amy is trained in functional medicine, women's health and lifestyle medicine through the Institute of Functional Medicine, Professional Compounding Centers of America, the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, and the Canadian Society of Orthomolecular Medicine. Amy is a partner in Heritage Health Group, which currently owns and operates four pharmacies in Saskatchewan, and she provides clinical and pharmacy consultation services through her consulting company, Lamb & Sage Personalized Health Solutions. Amy is a Matisse woman who also visits remote Indigenous communities, providing access to medical and traditional health services. Hello, Amy. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Hi, Andrea. Happy to be here. I'm really excited about this topic, this topic of drug-nutrient interactions, because it can be so confusing for some practitioners who may not understand the pharmacodynamics of the drugs that their clients or patients are taking. I'm wondering if you could just start us off by talking about what a drug-nutrient interaction is and why it might occur. So uh, lots of different potential physiologic mechanisms behind the interaction between drugs and the nutrients they deplete. Sometimes it comes from some of the cellular fatigue that's occurring and by way of coenzyme Q10 deficiency. Lots of times we're having a disruption in the absorption of, or bioassimilation of nutrients through the use of things that are changing digestive acidity or capacity in that sense. Sometimes it's just a function of almost the mechanism of the drug itself and how it's interacting with the system in which it's working. And so, you know, in the case of benzodiazepines and then the slowing of the nervous system and changing the sort of quality of sleep. There's changes to melatonin levels and things like that. And so, you know, there's lots of different mechanisms. Some of that comes down to excretionary action uh, when we're talking about diuretics and how they're, you know, out with the water goes the nutrients. And so ultimately there's lots of different sort of means and mechanisms. And, and it's a matter of not only 
identifying what those drugs and nutrient interactions may be. But, you know, as part of your functional assessment and your comprehensive health assessment, really assessing for those symptoms of nutritional deficiencies. And in many cases, if it's a fairly innocuous nutrient or if it's uh, something that can be easily obtained from some dietary counseling and options that way, it's really being proactive about it. One of the things, certainly in the pharmacy realm and a conversation that we have often is about the prescribing cascade. You know, you're, you're put on one medication and that medication side effect leads to a new diagnosis, which requires a new medication. And, and I've often said that I think sometimes it's not just a prescribing cascade based on side effects, but we're actually having prescribing cascades due to these nutrient deficiencies. And so, you know, my favorite example being you've got your patient who's got acid reflux or some dietary issues. So they're already having some digestion and inflammation or assimilation issues. And so put on an acid suppressant, which further depletes the zinc and magnesium, which they've already potentially been losing through irritable bowels or, or reflux issues. And then it increases those existing predisposing factors for the loss in nutrients that are involved in blood pressure regulation, blood sugar regulation. And next thing you know, we're adding on those medications, which are further exacerbating the problem when all in all, we could have been looking at the root cause treatment of that initial symptom. Right. And that nutrient depletion too, on top of each other, like the initial root cause, right? And then where might there be further roots based on that pharmacological agent? And, you know, I'll tell you, it's like something like a proton pump inhibitor is sometimes it's like you have to pry that from the cold, dead fingers of certain patients. Symptomatic treatment is really frustrating when you, you see it in practice and you're a functional practitioner and you see all of these you know, not only the lack of an initial resolution-based programming, but then the ongoing disturbance to other biophysiologic mechanisms throughout the systems. It's frustrating to watch, but I've made peace with my profession in the sense that sometimes <laughs> you got to make people feel better right away. You know, one thing that's really, I think, a valuable aspect of the pharmacist relationship is that continuity of care and contact with the person. You're seeing someone almost on a monthly basis. And so you can slowly bring these things up. And often I've done as much to have little handouts, you know, anytime a proton pump inhibitor or metformin or something is dispensed that I know causes drug-induced nutrient depletion, just honestly a little bit of information going along with it or a coupon that says, okay, you might need these vitamins and here's some discount for it or talk to the pharmacist, just honestly to kind of get the conversation started, which often leads into, okay, now let's actually maybe look at why this is happening, how we can help in resolving that and how we can help in protecting you from maybe what the medications, whether or not they're helping your health or just improving symptomology, how we can ensure that you're best protected from it. Yeah. And I think that's really important to dive into there. First of all, I love the work that you're doing. And I also love that as pharmacists, you have a higher touch point with a patient than maybe they do with their medical doctor. And we have more and more pharmacists coming through my full body systems training because they're looking for that other way in. How do I work with a more patient-centered approach, look at diet and lifestyle modification, understand these 
these connections. And I just love seeing these connections that are being made in the industry. So thank you for being one of the leaders there. And when I'm looking at a case and teaching others to look through a case, and again, this is as a functional nutrition counselor, not as a functional medicine doctor, we take a three-tiered approach. And that tier one is the non-negotiables, understanding how do we look at the soil in which those roots exist. Tier two, which I wanted to bring up with you, is what I call deficiency to sufficiency. Of course, on the other end of that might be toxicity, but this is where we might be considering where the drugs that that client or patient is taking might be leading to some of these nutrient depletions that are then, as you said, leading to further symptomology and or potentially diagnoses. And so I just wanted to kind of anchor that with you that sometimes I see coaches and clinicians get overwhelmed by the drugs and they think like, oh my gosh, I have to address those nutrients first and foremost. But we are addressing it if we support digestion. We're addressing it if we support lifestyle. And I, I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. Oh, I, I totally agree. And, and you know, I think it's like your practice really evolves the more you work with patients and the more you really delve into what are those sustainable, accessible, reasonable, healthy rituals that you can impart upon a patient that they go, that's something that fits in my life. That's something that fits within my values and my doctrines about my health. My example of this is that I work with in Northern Canada here, like a very primarily indigenous population and they have coverage for vitamins. So I was just so excited. I thought, oh, perfect. You know, all of these patients that I normally go, well, it would really help if you were able to take a B complex or be able to supplement back some of these nutrients that you're losing from your medications. And I just sort of went, oh, okay, well, we'll just initiate those. And, and many of those patients given a subsatisfactory and a very longstanding trust issue with, you know, healthcare systems and pill-based medications were not interested at all. But when you can go back and you can look at, you know, different food-based sources, traditional foods that would be incredible sources of, you know, there's berries and nuts and seeds and squash and corn, like there's all of these very integral parts of traditional cultures. And when you can overlay that back into, okay, we've got medication that's controlling a health factor here that may be causing deficiency, but both introducing foods that are going to be traditional are going to help in resolving that nutrient deficiency. They're also going to have better glycemic control. They'll help you with you know, the diabetic issues that we're dealing with in the long term. And you can also make peace and have like a little bit of an homage to something that's more meaningful than just, this is just something I have to do to get healthy. I love that. Love it so much. It's so important that we bring our treatments and recommendations back to the person that we're looking to support and using their reflective practices that make sense to them. You know, the only drugs and the only interventions that work are the ones that the patients actually use. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
you know, ultimately it comes down to what's, you know, affordable and sustainable. And for many patients to be overwhelmed by the cost of their medications and then to be told, okay, now you need to take all of these other nutrients. Whereas, you know, you start to piece together what is something that would resolve all of those issues? What are foods that, you know, if someone is taking metformin and a beta blocker, so they've got type 2 diabetes or they've got some blood pressure issues or they're post-MI, you know, they've got a lot of issues where they're going to have coenzyme Q10 deficiency and they're going to have B vitamin deficiency and they're going to have, you know, a little bit of magnesium issues usually. And so how can you impart the wisdom to say, okay, some of those things, you know, if you've got overt symptomology of nutrient deficiency, if you've got horrible Charlie horses and your eyes are twitching like crazy, you know, we might not be able to get that magnesium dosed in your diet. And so that might be the one nutrient. Okay, let's supplement that back in. But at the same time, start giving lists of foods and going through them with that patient to say, you know, which one of these foods do you enjoy? Which one are available at your grocery store regularly? Which ones do you think you can cook or would be really easy to prepare or, you know, remind you of your grandmother when you were growing up? You know, it just comes down to really layering it in and then using these indicators of potential detriments to health as guideposts to what might motivate somebody in, you know, a health preventative sense in a way that still seems really enjoyable and it still seems really personalized because as somebody who's dealt with chronic illness myself, you know, there's a time especially early diagnoses and you're reading all of these things that you're supposed to do it just seems hugely overwhelming. You know, there's no way when I'm, you know, already so tired that I'm going to pick up all of these healthy rituals. And yet it's about the flexibility within those rituals. It's about making it easy, making it enjoyable and, and really kind of identifying your particular specified personalized healthy rituals. And that's where I think pharmacists are really taking up this helm at the functional medicine space because you know, we've had a toolkit for a long time, but boy, does this expand that toolkit. Yeah, I just love that. And I love that you're speaking into the affordability too, because so many functional medicine practices are not speaking to populations that can afford some of the things that are being offered. And yet we can still use the model and the systems thinking to help anybody. And I think sometimes we're missing that point. You mentioned a few of the pharmaceuticals, like the PPIs that are going to deplete the zinc and magnesium. And you mentioned the B vitamins, particularly metformin. I think we know it depletes B12. Are there any other ones that you see come up more often than not that we can put into our noggins of thinking, how do I support this person's food intake based on the fact that they're taking this medication, this common medication? It sounds a little obvious, but the antibiotics, not just in the context of probiotic use. And what you'll find is, you know, and ideally someone who's working with a functional practitioner will not end up being the person on doxycycline long-term. <laughs> but it does happen. And certainly in my practice, I'm also supporting patients that aren't you know, working within my practice. And so it's not just recognizing the healthy bacteria, but also what those healthy bacteria provide, which is vitamin K. And so those vitamin K-rich foods 
is a really important consideration on people who've had frequent antibiotics, frequent or chronic antibiotic use. The benzodiazepines, which again, ideally, we're not seeing patients using those long term, but the irony being that these are patients that probably do already have sleep disturbances, but in not having that adequate quality of sleep, it is depleting melatonin which is sort of a unique nutrient deficiency, which may not have food-based solutions, but certainly something to consider in addressing. Oral contraceptives and hormones. I'm a hormone specialist by foundation, and so I have recommended and helped in tailoring hormone therapies for quite some time. And that's another context where, you know, a, a whole string of B vitamins, certainly B6 when it comes to HRT, but B12 and folate, and even calcium and magnesium in our oral contraceptives. And, you know, the irony of that is that most of the time when you're treating your perimenopausal women or you're treating younger women with hormone dysfunction or hormone imbalances. Often those hormone imbalances are reflective of not only a little bit of receptor resistance, but hormone excess likely in the estrogen realm of things. And so you've decreased one of the pathways by the use of B vitamins and methylation in helping to metabolize and detoxify those hormones. And so the balancing piece that you're trying to work with becomes harder if you're addressing the fact that that B vitamin deficiency is occurring alongside appropriate or balancing hormone therapies for sure. You know, there's the obvious things that disrupt digestion, you know, your, your acid reducers, but of course, NSAIDs are also, you know, your anti-inflammatories uh, are pretty destructive to that lining. And, you know, vitamin C is, is strangely uh, an aspect that becomes depleted by NSAIDs and a beautiful nutrient to be able to recommend in food-based sources. And iron especially in chronic use, is commonly deficient. And, you know, there's just so much going on in someone who's dealing with chronic inflammation that, you know, if you throw in iron deficiency on top of it, it can really exacerbate a lot of the underlying causes. And that's been you know, the underlying diagnoses and symptoms. And, and that's what's been so frustrating to me to see that a medication can sometimes really exacerbate the reason it's being used. Well, magnesium deficiency in blood pressure medications, well, I mean, it's literally going to raise blood pressure. And, you know, when you're seeing calcium and vitamin D being depleted by your SSRIs, well, vitamin D deficiency, certainly here in Canada, is pretty much global. And then vitamin D deficiency does impact mood, right? And so if we're not first addressing the vitamin D deficiency and then we're exacerbating it with therapy that's intended to improve mood, again, most of the time what you'll see is that a drug will be effective to a point, right? And so are we needing to increase doses? Are we needing to add more therapies and start this further prescribing cascade and the costs associated? Or are we kind of taking a hot minute and taking a look at what the potential contributing factors are? And that's when somebody who is in the pharmacy practice asks me, you know, what would be the first thing that you would do, you know, if you were kind of interested in this as a like, drug-induced nutrient depletion? Mostly because in the fast-paced world of healthcare, sustainability is king. And so you can sometimes arguably spend more time with a patient 
if you are addressing and providing appropriate supplementation and replacement of these things. And it makes it so that now you have the time and the ability to hear that person's story. And I will say that I certainly do more advanced practice for my private patients who are coming in for functional medicine. But a lot of my current practice is in very poor, very isolated, remote communities, Indigenous communities. And so it's really come down to understanding like what the foundations of functional medicine really are. And, you know, I know that there's, you know, much of the expense in functional medicine comes from extensive diagnostics and stuff. And, you know, very helpful, very useful, very enlightening. But at the same time, what is the intervention at the end of the day? You know, it just comes down to those foundations. Yeah, Amy, you couldn't have said it better. And I love the way your brain works and the work that you're doing. Thank you for just being a beacon for all of us to follow in this arena and to understand that it does come back to those basics and the understanding of the body and what we're putting into the body. I'm so fortunate to have had this time with you today and to share it with others. Thank you. Thank you for what you do as well. The 15-Minute Matrix is hosted and produced by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The podcast is edited and mixed by Brian Paik of Pacific Audio, and special thanks to Natalie Merrill, Alia Hale, Pamela Geismar, and Rowan Bradley for their support in making the 15-Minute Matrix possible. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to see the completed functional nutrition matrix that accompanies today's or any episode, be sure to head over to the podcast website. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. We love when you share our episodes with your friends and colleagues, leave a review and rate the show. That helps us to grow our collective message that functional nutrition is the future of healthcare. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Functional Nutrition Alliance, and you can follow me at Andrea Nakayama. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming a functional nutrition counselor, head over to fxnutrition.com to learn more about our full body systems program. Full Body Systems is our 10-month immersion course where you'll learn the systems-based approach to addressing the root causes of your clients' issues through client education, diet, and lifestyle modification. Again, you can always learn more at fxnutrition.com.